Lindsay come up and she's going to just share a few words. If you'll just share a little bit about the experience that you had and kind of how it affected you. I know there's still some residual stuff happening, which means it was a real revival because revivals don't just happen like while it's happening. It goes on, right? Right. So is, is this on? Yeah. Okay. I have some notes on my phone, so I'm just going to pull that up. So I'm Mackenzie. Um, I am a sophomore at Asbury, and I was a freshman when the whole like revival happened. We, at, like the students at Asbury, we call it the outpouring um, because we feel it was just an outpouring of God's love and His Spirit over us. Um, but other people call it revival. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. I mean, God was there and working. Um, I. Mm. It's a little bit difficult for me to express what happened to me because I was really standoffish towards it all in the very beginning. I wanted to be as far away from it as possible um, for a couple reasons. One of them being, you know, Asbury has a history of revivals and I was like, oh, it's just one of those again. Like, it's just... You know, there's just going to be people worshiping in the chapel for a little bit, you know. So I was like, this can't be real, like everybody's saying, or how powerful it is. Like, there's no way. And so just because of that knowledge of those revivals happening, I was like, no. Because they've had one in 1972, 1960s, in the 90s, um, and then again in the 2000s. But never to this magnitude, Um Never, N never like this. They had maybe people from other states coming, um, but never from across the world. I met people from Japan, Europe, Australia, um, South America, all over South America, which surprised me a lot because you would think in those very low income places, like how are they going to afford to come here in such a matter of time? But churches got together they raised money they were like we need to be there for this god is doing something we need to be there so that's when i was like mm, this is a little bit different than all the other revivals um another thing that like discouraged me from going was i have a lot of anxiety um even just this is a lot so going into a chapel that was jam-packed. Like, kid you not, people were like pushing against the walls, like standing in the aisleways, like everywhere. People laying on the floors, worshiping, all of it. And so it was very overwhelming for me to be in a place like that, especially in a place that was my home, you know? Because I moved from Washington to Kentucky to go to school, you know? So, you know being in a place away from home you kind of have to make yourself home and so all those people coming into my house I was like whoa this is a lot this is very um scary for me so I didn't want to go in the chapel because of that and also I had a lot of friends that were like don't go in there like why would you want to be in there with all of this nonsense like people are crazy in there because I've never seen God work how he did there there was speaking in tongues but also translators there there was people just laying on the floor worshiping there was people praying over other people there was other people standing in the back waving like flags and dancing like there were so many types of worship there that's that's how you know it was kind of weird and like you know 
you never see something like that. You wouldn't see that in a normal church Sunday. So like to see all those different types of worship was very eye-opening to me. Um, but after talking to some friends, other friends, they were like, wouldn't this be the Lord's house in heaven? Like, wouldn't there be all these types of worship in heaven? So this is how we know this is God's work. And this is how we know it's for him and that he's doing something here because that's unheard of, you know, to see something like that. And so just knowing like in the Bible that it says every tongue, every nation, every tribe, everybody is going to be in heaven to, so to see an array of people from around the world worshiping in their own ways was another like key indicator. Okay. Yeah, this is real. This is God working. And so after a little skepticism and like being standoffish towards it all on Saturday, this started on a Wednesday, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys all know how it started. Um, but there was every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, our school has mandatory chapels where each of the students are um, supposed to come. And so during one of our Wednesday chapel services, some kids decided to stay after and continue worshiping because they were like, mm, the spirit is kind of moving in me. I, I need to stay here and see what God wants for me. So I, I think it was about nine students and eight or nine students stayed and started praying and then they never stopped. And then more students were like, I need that. I need that. And then when other students were coming out saying, I was just healed of this or this or this or this, people were like, I want to be in there. I need to go in there. I need to meet God. And so when that started to spread, my generation is kind of cool because we all kind of connect through this. <laughs> and I can talk to anybody in the world through this. And so I... A lot of our kids use that to our advantage, and we took videos and we posted it everywhere. It was all over Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, all those different social media sites. And once that word got out, people were like, I need to be there. Whatever's happening, I need to be there, and I need to be a part of what God's doing because I need that type of healing. So on Saturday, I decided to go in, which was a couple days after Wednesday. Mind you, this lasted about two weeks with like nonstop people in there from all hours of the night. I mean, they were in there at like 3 a.m. worshiping. Um, but I went on there on Saturday and my friend had kind of encouraged me to go in there alone and kind of just sit and observe what was happening because, I mean, if you just dive yourself into it, you're not going to really fully ex like know what God wants for you. You need to sit back, kind of observe, kind of pray, see what God wants for you there. So I, I did that. Um, and when I got in there, I saw like two of my friends and I was like, okay, that's weird. I mean, I want to go sit with my friends, but I was just told to go sit alone and like, see, but I decided to sit with my friends and, um, the pastor that was up there talking started talking about addiction. And I don't know if you guys know this, but our teens and our young adults are struggling. Like, struggling with different addiction, pornography, drugs, alcohol, just toxic relationships, all those different types of addictions that you can have. It's there, and they're happening even in a Christian school. It's fully there. So, um, the, uh, pastor was talking about that and 
a girl next to me um, had struggled a lot with alcohol and the buddy next to me had struggled a lot with pornography and um, alcohol. And so it was really interesting, but the pastor said, I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to pray over their addiction. Just you by yourself. They don't have to tell you what it is, but just pray over it um, and just sit next to each other. So I, the girl sitting next to me, she's my roommate, so I, she knows that I know about everything. So I was praying with her. And the guy next to me, um, he didn't say anything for a minute, but once my friend on the other side started to talk about it, he started to talk about it. You know, he was like, this is what's going on in my life, and I need some prayer, and I need some healing in this. So we started praying over that, and mind you, I thought this was going to be about me. You know, I was like, I'm going to go in, and I'm going to talk to God about what's happening in my life, but no, I was, I was praying for other people around me, and so I don't know. I just felt God saying, okay, it's Mackenzie, come talk to me now. So I went up to the altar, and I kneeled down, and I started praying just like these ones right here that you guys have, and I started singing for a little bit, and I began praying, but God wasn't done with me yet because I thought I was done praying, and I got up, and my knees were so weak that I just, like, fell again, and that's never happened to me before. I mean, my legs are pretty young. I can move and run, and I go and work out, so that's not normal for me to just get on the floor and then not be able to stand up again, and so I... <laughs> stupid me I continued to try to get up and walk and I literally fell and twisted my ankle like right in front of the um the altar but that was like God being like Mackenzie just stay just sit and talk to me like why do you have to keep moving from thing to thing stop talk to me have a relationship and and just talk with me for a second and so I, I went back to the altar because I, that was like going through my head. It was like, why am I falling like this? Why are my legs so weak? Why is this? So I went back to the altar and I started to pray again. And I was there, kid you not, two hours. <laughs> Didn't even know that that time had passed. Um, but I was just so indulged in his presence that it felt like five minutes, you know? It was like, how, how is that real? How is, so when people were like, oh, the revival was going on for two weeks nonstop. How did that happen? I know how it happened because it felt like five minutes when we were in there, you know? And it was so good that people just wanted to be in there for so long. And I, I wish I could show pictures, but, um, there's this one picture of a line that goes from the chapel and it goes all the way out to the street and wraps all the way around the university and all the way back to the fields and um, football fields and baseball fields and all that. And there was thousands of people there and so they tried to get people moving in and out of the chapel, but it was so hard because people were like, I don't want to go. I'm not leaving this place. And so um, what people tried to 
like our university didn't want to control this in a sense because it wasn't theirs to control um so they tried to back off and man as much as they can like the chaos like with like wheelchairs and strollers and things like that for people to get into the chapel but because wilmore is such a small town our plumbing blew up like it it was really bad and we had a lot of plumbing issues because there was just so many people we had people parking on the grasses we had people parking in other people's neighborhoods and around which kind of is funny because the reason i was a little late to church today was because i had to park around the block and in the neighborhoods and so i'm like that's that's why i love this church and why i wanted to come because i know god is doing something good here and and it's powerful and you guys your guys's parking lot is filled just like asbury's was filled you know and so my just encouragement from god throughout that whole time was just for him saying to me just spend time focusing on me um stop worrying about everybody else stop worrying about your anxiety stop worrying about what people are saying, what your friends are saying. Stop worrying about the history of Asbury and revivals and like stop worrying about it. Just focus on me and I got you. Like you're gonna be fine. And so that that was just what I took from the outpouring. Um and I just encourage you guys, like even if it's I know people say five minutes out of your day, like do it because God wants it. Um, even when you're sitting on the toilet, like, I know that sounds so bad, like, you know, you're sitting there thinking for a minute, just pray to God, like, sit there and talk to him, be like, I've had a, a really rough day, or I've had a fantastic day, like, today was great, God, thank you so much, you've blessed me so much, whatever it is, like, God wants to hear it, and he's your friend, and I think a lot of people at Asbury learn that, too, and so we wanted to tell other people, you have a friend in God, and he's going to be there for you. So, yeah, that's what I learned. How amazing was that? Wow. A little bit of information for you two. While that was all happening, we were praying for you here. And um, so I texted Mac, I think only once during that time, and um, you know, just said, I'm thinking of you, and I want you to know we're praying for you. But both Sundays that that was happening, we were praying for you here too. And I could not stay off of YouTube. I was up all night long watching the revival, looking for my little Mackie Mac. I never did, I thought I saw you once, but I don't know that it was really you. Um, I think it was just my imagination. But I was so excited at what God was doing, and, and I was praying so hard for you that whatever it was that God had for you, that he was going to give to you. And it sounds to me like he did, and it's really made an impact on your life. So I, we, we are grateful that we were kind of a part of that, right? Yeah. That we get to be a part of that. And um, what an honor that you would say that you sense the Holy Spirit here in that same way. Because that's our desire, right? That we want to just be in the presence of the Lord, that we want to be a church who, um, who seeks to be in God's presence and who really wants um, God to move in our lives. And we want to be changed people. We want to come to church and walk away 
changed people, right? That's our desire. So one thing that was not planned, I didn't know that Mac was going to come today. She texted me this week and said, I'm still in town with my parents. I have one, I leave, uh, you leave tomorrow? Tuesday. She's like, I want to come see you. Can I come to church on Sunday? I'm like, I guess. I suppose. I was like, yes. Um, but we, we didn't know that this was going to happen. So last week, we, in our series, we've been speaking about, it's called Sizzlin' Summer Series. And we're talking about all different kinds of fire in the Bible, different um, elements like um, like. Uh, Moses in the burning bush, we talked about being refined by the fire, being tried by fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. We've talked about all these different things. And last week we talked about Elijah up on the mountain calling down the fire of the Lord from heaven to burn up the sacrifice. And as a result, there was this revival and everybody turned back to God. And so now you're here this week and just God is working all the pieces together, isn't he? Just a good, good God, good father, amen. I think, um, I'm not going to preach this message today. We're going to do something else. So the message is going away. We'll talk about it next week. But I want to share another little story with you because um, I think it kind of goes along with what's been happening here. Um, I I, I met someone this last year. Um, She came in to volunteer at our church. Um, in the office, and she's not a church member. She, I don't even know how she came to us. That's a whole nother story. But uh, I found out I knew her daughter, and um, this person was volunteering, and, um, and uh, I said to Kendra, oh, she, she's going to become our ne- next church member. And Kendra said, no, she's an atheist. She's not going to be a church member. That's not happening. And so I said, yeah, okay, whatever you say. Um, she's going to be one of our church members. And uh, so this person, she just kept working for us and working for us in the office. And um, I started to talk more and more to her, and I felt the Lord drawing me more and more to her. And uh, I really liked her. We had a lot in common. She's an artist and uh, just very crafty and not in an evil way, but in a good way. (laughs) She... um, Uh, And the more I talked to her, the more she started opening up to me about why she's an atheist. And um, the reason that she uh, said she was an atheist was because of family members who were Christians. Have you ever heard that story before? It's a sad tale. When you meet a Christian who makes you want to be an atheist. And I said... Well, I hate to break this to you, but your sister is not really a Christian. Because if your sister were a Christian, you wouldn't have those feelings towards God. She's misrepresenting my God. Let me tell you who my God is. And I had the opportunity to share some things with her. And then Easter started to roll around, and I've developed now a friendship with this person. I, like, I liked her a lot. I looked forward to seeing her every day. She would come in and visit with me, and I just thought, I can't wait for that day where she's going to say, I accept the Lord. So Easter came around. She's never come to church. She didn't want to deal with that. No, I'm not a Christian. Well, we were getting ready for the Passover on Thursday, And she was in the kitchen talking to me while we were getting ready, and she was asking a bunch of questions, and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, 
Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why don't you come tonight and just see what it's all about? I mean, you don't, you don't have to be a Christian to come. Not everybody who comes to our church is a Christian. Half you guys are probably heathens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she showed up that night for the Passover, and she's like, this was really cool. And then she came the next night to the next meeting, and the next night to the next meeting, and then she came to church on Sunday. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and so since Easter, she'd been coming every week to church. She'd been sitting among you, not believing in God, just coming to church. And the whole time, the Lord's been softening her heart, and God has been showing her who he really is. Yeah. And he's been saying, no, Joe, <laughs> this is who I really am. Come up here, Joe. So, this is my friend Joe. She's going to stand up here while I talk. This is who I've been talking about. In case you didn't know, most of you did. But Joe has been uh, lied to by the enemy, saying, This is who God is. You don't want to love this God. He's not a good God. And by coming here and meeting you people who love God, and express God's love in a genuine way. She told me, I said to her this week, I'm waiting for that week when I say, if you want to receive the Lord, raise your hand. And she came up to me at church today and she said, I'm ready for you to say that. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to hog all of the joy and the tears for myself. So are we all ready? for me to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone here? Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Who would like to accept the Lord as their personal savior? Yes. <laughs> so excited. Welcome to the family. Thank you. Yeah, you can stand for her. She deserves that. Yeah. You know, let me just say something. BB said yes first. BB, yeah. yeah. Her dog BB said yes first. He was wearing a Salvation Army shirt the first day that I met him. So, Joe, let me tell you something. You were a Christian before you were a Christian. You were already living um, a godly life before you let God rule your life. And so this transition is, is seamless in that sense, but watch out. Because the devil is going to say, oh, no, you don't, right? Yep. And he's going to bring trouble your way, and yep. he's going to try and convince you that you've made a wrong decision. But we're here. We're your family. We all have the shield of faith, and we've learned recently that when someone is attacked, what do we do? We surround them with our shield. Yep. So I want you guys to check on Joe this week. Make sure she's doing okay, because the enemy is going to come after her. Yep. But we're going to pray for her right now. Yep. Father, we are so, so grateful for Joe. We are grateful that we know her. We're grateful that she has opened her heart to you, Lord God, and has accepted that you are real and that you are the creator of the universe and that you created her and you love her. Father, we are so excited that she is a part of our family 
And we are so grateful, Lord God, that she has accepted you as her personal savior. Father, as she turns her life over to you and confesses her sin and receives your forgiveness, I pray that you would just bring a peace in her life that passes all understanding, that she would just sense your Holy Spirit at work in her life like she never has before. Father, may we give her a warm welcome into your family and be a good representation of who you are. Let us be children that represent the Father well. Father, we love you and we are so grateful for this morning that we get to celebrate this with such a special person. Thank you for bringing her into our lives. Thank you, Lord God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's hear it for Joe. I just want to say one thing. Yeah, here. Since working here every day at the community center, these are the best people I've ever worked with, ever. And I've had a lot of jobs, and I've done a lot of things, and everybody here has been welcoming, and uh, I just love the church, and I love being here every day. I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't come here every day. We love you. That's the best day ever, right? When someone joins the family like that. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Love one another. Be good. And go get your kids.